Hi everyone, this is Katie from Maximum Edge, a community interest company based in the UK aimed at strengthening communities and the individuals within them. You can find us on the internet www.maximumedge.org.uk. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes and Udemy. Hello, this is Dave Sheridan from Maximum Edge. This podcast is around the subject of managing stress and managing personal worries. What we're going to do is we're going to go through this session split into four. Um, We're looking at exploring what worry is, um, doing writing and talking, checking assumptions and then taking control of worry. So starting with the first element of exploring worry. What is the source of the worry? And then how can we discover when we worry? And then why we worry? This can sometimes be like a washing machine going round in your head. A definition of worry might be it's somewhere between concern and acute anxiety about something. And everybody has worry in their life. The problem is, when worry starts to take over, and almost, it becomes uncontrollable. So there are disadvantages, and but there are also advantages of having worry. So again, for the purpose of this podcast, if you keep a piece of paper uh, at the side of you with a pen, and you can take some notes... Uh, We're going to start the session with looking at some of the advantages of worry, which a lot of people don't publicise. And we've done lots of workshops with groups in the community. These are some of the answers that we've had. And obviously you you can add to this list in your own time. It motivates me and gets the job done. It makes me prepare well in advance. I work out what's got to be done and do it on time. It makes me think things through. And it's an early warning sign of a problem that I've got to face. Now they've come from different workshops that we've done across the community around how individuals have felt there's an advantage to having worry in your life. And some of the comments have been almost, it gives them the edge. But obviously it's got to be controllable. We've also had feedback around that some of the disadvantages of having worry in your life. Some of these are, it makes me tense and anxious. I can't relax. I feel terrible. I don't want to face something. I can't get thoughts on my head or my mind to concentrate on anything else. It makes me obsessive and it keeps me awake at night. So the advantages and disadvantages of worry are there. It's how we control them. When they become difficult to control, they become repetitive and it begins to obstruct us 
focusing on just generally getting on with life. So again, if you grab your piece of paper and your pen, um, I'm going to run through 10 questions, which again, we do discussions when we run workshops in the community around. Obviously, you're doing this on your own, so have a think about answering some of these questions. Have you always worried about things? If not, when did you start worrying? Have you learned the habit of worrying from someone else? And if that's the case, who would that be? And that can come from different times in your life. Do you worry about specific events or concerns? Is your worrying restricted to specific areas in your life? For example, your work, your family, your relationships or your social life? How does the worry affect you? How much control do you have over how much worry you feel? Do any of your answers suggest changes you'd like to make in your life? Have you thought about how you could make these changes? And finally, why haven't you made any changes up to now? So when you look at that as an exercise, what we're doing really is we're asking the question. Um, the, the question is a powerful question, but it comes from different angles. The answers come from different angles. One of the things, first of all, you've not got to do is, is obviously worry about them. This is just a snapshot of you looking at yourself and looking at some of the areas where you might want to revisit them. We have clients revisit them every month, every three months, every six months. And some of the questions will change. So what clients worry about will change, sometimes depending on the years. Sometimes it will depend on the time of year you're asking the question. For example, when we're working with accountants, usually end of year, whatever that might be, either December, January or April, is very, very stressful for them. But the rest of the time, they feel it's manageable. So the coping mechanisms they have in place all year, they just need a few more tools in the toolbox. And some of the tools are just writing down these questions and just evaluating it quietly when they're on their own to see how they feel. The next exercise that again we do a lot of in the community is a grid, a grid exercise. So if you grab a piece of paper and just you're going to do four headings and you can do it in a graph or whichever way that you feel you learn best. These are your headings that you're going to go across and make four boxes. 
So across the page, what I worry about, when I worry, where I worry, and why I worry. So in your own time away from this podcast, just answer the first question, what I worry about. That will be various things. That will be your list. And then work through the questions. When is it that I worry? Where is it that I worry? And why? Here's an example. The heading. What I worry about. The answer may be that I won't be able to cope at work. Moving across. When I worry. The answer might be I worry constantly, but mostly at night. Where do I worry? In bed, or when I'm quiet, and I'm sat on my own. Last question, number four, why I worry? The answer may be something like, I'm afraid that my boss will think I'm not very good at the job, and he may sack me. Now, when you look at those four questions, the most important question is why? usually is the reason you'll notice the when I worry and the where I worry usually when you'll start worrying is when you're on your own or you're quiet depending who's around you I've got clients who will worry more when certain individuals around them because all they're doing is asking them the question constantly it almost becomes a topic of conversation over a coffee so the word that you worry is important and again trends we've seen are bedrooms offices that are quiet sitting in car quietly could be driving to and from which can be dangerous so so i think there's a lot of areas here that we can start looking at you will know yours and if you don't all these are doing is giving you a bit of a structure really to look at and, and just explore the topic you may have one or two vital areas and that's all going back to the example of the accountant the month end is capable and we're okay with it but the year end I just need different tools so by doing the first set of questions the first 10 questions they're the general questions that you should be asking yourself when you're looking for the answers really the second sheet that we speak about is more about drilling down and finding the root cause and then that will link into your habits and your triggers so when you're on your own or when you're quiet be aware when you start worrying and if you listen to our other podcasts in the series around self-talk and around mindset and that's where this fits in really so we're giving you different tools from different podcasts to work in different areas But the important thing is, you're moulding it for yourself. It's a self-management tool. So just to close in this area, have a think again about a couple of questions that I'm going to give you. And you can write them down, replay them. Ask yourself this. Is it a productive worry? So go back to our advantages and disadvantages. Does the worry have advantages? Does it make you more efficient 
or is it destructive? Is it an unproductive worry? Are there a few but no advantages? And if not, is it something that you think about but you're willing to work on? So the willing to work on area I think is so important as regards managing. As soon as you see trends, as soon as you see your own habits through doing exercises like this, then you can start plotting your goals. And again, going back to the other podcasts that were released on the goal setting, then you can start. So one goal might be, I am aware that when I'm on my own at night, I will start worrying about work. What would you do with that once you know? So you could start reading a book, you could listen to music, you could deflect the brain away from this constant worry. And sometimes when you think of self-talk, just the awareness that you are worrying can sometimes snap you out of it. So I hope this section of the podcast has been useful for you when you look at exploring worry. And obviously having two systems which are all about asking the question around probably identifying the areas and why and just get a general area of what is it that you're worrying about. The second area that we, we're going to speak about around managing stress and managing worry, how do we divert attention from the worry? By either doing something, by writing or by talking. Again, have a listen to the previous podcasts around learning styles and you'll find that you will naturally lean towards one of them, usually with a secondary one. So we're going to look at how that you divert attention away from worry by doing something. And then we'll go through using writing to define what worry is for you and how you arrive at a solution. And then finally, around talking worries through. Again, the, the example I've already used about having a drink with a, with a friend in a coffee shop. We, we'll set some, some boundaries and some, some areas around that, around talking to the right people or the right person. And equally setting the environment that's right as well, rather than just sat in a public coffee shop, generally chit-chatting, which sometimes can make it worse. So let's start with diverting attention. Usually, it's by doing something that's, that's enjoyable and positive. And again, some of the groups that we work with in the community and some of the personal clients that I have, that will be an array of various things. Don't forget, it's difficult to worry when you're engaged in something positive. So again, have a think about. I've got a list. Again, prepare your pen and paper. and You can write them down if you wish, but also you can add your own. Listening to music. Gardening. 
even if you live in an apartment or a, a, a flat, you can still participate in gardening, believe it or not. I've had clients that have had bonsai trees, uh, window boxes, just something that can be attentive where you can see things growing that can occupy you positively. It doesn't have to be a massive gardening experience. Different activities within the house or within the home. Things like decorating, things like painting. Escapism, things like reading. And again, there'll be different areas that you can read in, from your novels to biographies to interests. Something that's engaging for you. Physical elements, playing tennis, walking, jogging, swimming. So these are the types of areas and tactics that you can use when you look at diverting the attention by actually doing something positive. Moving on, the use of writing to define what the worry is. And this can be done in different ways. I've had clients who will make lists and questions. So I'll make a diary around what am I worried about? What is my diversionary tactic? What is the self-advice that I'm going to give myself? And then what outcome do I want? So if you think about three areas, um, three questions that you could be asking yourself, could be, what am I worried about? And then, what am I going to do as a diver diversionary tactic in order to challenge that? And I'm writing that down. So that can come in the, in the form of a note, can come in the form of a diary, an informal notebook. But what we need to add is, what is the outcome? What outcome do you want? Is it two to three nights a week where you're going to be positively occupied? Do you start socialising more after an activity? What will it be? But we're making diaries, so we're writing. So the diary writing element of worry can be used as a reflection tool as well. So when you're in the moment and you feel it's right, you can be doing your notes, scribbling in your diaries. But what you've got to do is have time so that you can review and read back. And think, how do I feel about that? And again, the whole point of it is what outcome do I want? What's working and what isn't? The third and final area is around talking. Communication is massive when you look at choosing the right person to talk to. You mightn't have them around you at present, and that's fine. Most people who look at engaging in conversations with other people, if it's a personal area, there are a whole host of emotions that come behind that that will probably stop you either being honest and truthful or just understanding that the confidentiality elements that you don't want anybody else to know because you think they'll go speaking around it. So there's a lot to be said around talking with people around the worry. 
seek out someone trustworthy where you can be keeping a log and a diary and then you can be offloading verbally if need be. A private place where you feel safe because obviously you're going to know the person and set the environment correct. You might want to have a coffee or a drink, some cakes, some biscuits. Time of day might be important, certainly if you've got children or you've got work. If that's not possible, have a look at different areas around. So there may be some coffee shops that may be appropriate because they've got small booths in there and you can feel a little bit more private rather than sitting at the side of someone who's generally just chit-chatting who may overhear what's been said. There are four real areas that, that I would listen and think about regarding the people. Are they non-judgmental? So think about that. How many people have I got round me that are non-judgmental? So if I open up about worry that I've got in work, will it change the way they see me? Will it change the way they behave around me? Exploring and understanding the worry and taking advice can be down to one single area that you look at and it's an opinion. So you don't really want anybody who's going to fire loads of solutions at you that have worked for them perhaps without understanding you as a person. You want to be treated with respect and a good listener. A good listener who can listen and let your conversation flow without interrupting with their opinions. So listening is massive when you, when you think about offloading and talking. But again, just as with the exercise and the diversional tactics, you can double up. You can also double up with these. So you could be doing something and you could create a diary around how you feel and do a mood diary. You might want to create or seek out a mentor who you can talk about, talk to, offload, who's a good listener, who's not going to be judgmental. And again, you could start making your diary notes and working that through in your diary. So you can already see that the there are layers of activities that you can do when you're experimenting around gathering some solutions to what you're worrying about. The third area is around checking your assumptions. So when you're going through the exercises that we're speaking about on this podcast around exploring and the diversionary tactics... What you've got to draw your attention to is how many assumptions are you making around the areas of the worry? In coaching, sometimes we call this fortune telling purely because you will have thoughts in your head and you'll start predicting things that are usually negative that haven't even happened yet. And probably won't happen. 
So again, by mixing the last area of writing, just by making a few notes, you can explore your level of assumptions. So again, we've done, we've got quite a lot of responses to the, to the questions around what's the reality of your assumption and is it in the future? And that's why we call it fortune telling. Some of the answers that we got back are as follows. Being disliked. What the other person will think of me. How it will affect my relationship with that person. Retribution or revenge from the other person. Their ability to cope in the future. And also being thought of, like sadly, as a fool. A lot of these predictions that we find are always in the future and they're always exaggerated. And they can be challenged by good communication and sometimes just asking. So again, if you ask yourself some of these questions, if you get your pen and paper ready, what assumptions have you made? What did you think would happen and has it how did this make you feel? Did the feelings exaggerate the lead that led to further assumptions of what would happen? And then what actually happened? Were the assumptions always correct? Or were they sometimes blown out of proportion causing unnecessary worry? Would it have been possible to do something different about the cause of this worry for yourself? So when you look at those questions, again, you can see the fortune telling elements that some clients go through. And you can go back into your little memory bank of life and think of a period of time where you've had a similar type of worry. But what has actually happened? So you can start gaining information around your assumptions and the quantity of your assumptions in your general daily life. I would add this to the last two areas that are so important. Purely because some clients go around like a washing machine having a look at what the worry is, how I can change it, and then all of a sudden they'll start making assumptions in the future that, are, that haven't happened yet. So what we're not trying to do in this section is plant seeds. That's what I'm, I'm getting at. We're not planting seeds of new worry here. What we're doing is we're going to ask ourselves again a series of questions and you can use this as a 
as a tick sheet for yourself or you can just use it as a as, a, as another exercise but it's got to be around the assumption it's not about the worry it's the assumption okay so think around writing down what my current worry is what assumptions am I making how likely is this to happen and is it a helpful or unhelpful worry if it's a helpful worry be specific if it's an unhelpful worry that is unlikely to happen what can you distract yourself or minimize activities so that you can make it manageable and then the final area is a, is a statement what I have decided to do about this so that you create your own course of action and what you're not doing is tagging on fortune telling and assumptions of worries an example of this um, one of my clients regularly hosts PDRs reviews different areas of work call them different things a meeting with your boss which is a review over three to six nine twelve months and she always says to me when employees come in and sit down there is a percentage of assumption that's made rather than asking the question if the correct questions asked more often than not it can be answered but in her experience certainly through the coaching that I've done with her she understands that there's a percentage of assumption there so she tries to do pre meetings which are very very short but equally she finds them so helpful when you look at the area of the employee's health and well-being because it's an opportunity to get rid of the assumptions or ask any questions that they want and then they can move on professionally with this PDR or the review so assumptions are very important as I've said before we don't want to plant a seed and we don't want to create assumptions off worry but actually have a think about are you the type of person who will create assumptions and will that add to your worry hopefully this section of the podcast will highlight what you're actually doing and move on our final area uh, in this topic of managing stress and looking at worry is around actually taking control of it if you've listened to all the podcast we've i've took you on a a bit of a journey really around exploring it finding some deflective tactics around not thinking about it and then drawn together with the area of the assumptions that people make that make them worry so taking control really is around laying out a bit of an action plan and thinking around how you're going to feel in let's say 
start off with one month, could go to six months. And how, do you, how are you going to feel if things carry on the way they are? And then through using what we've done, with exploring, doing it, writing, talking to people, how much does that go? Does it, does it diminish? So sometimes you need to honestly sort of grade yourself and different clients will do it different ways and they'll have different numbers. Some clients will use 0 to 5, some clients will use 0 to 10. It's whatever works for you really. But the main area that you've got to be for yourself, I think is truthful and honest. So taking control of worry. What it should do is once you've explored and you've used a few diversionary tactics, you'll be able to identify the minor things that, that are worrying me. One of the things around this section of the podcast is around time. Ask yourself the question, how much time do I spend worrying? When you know that, and you have an idea of how much time in the day that takes up. Then you can start using the writing and making lists of the minor things that, that you're worried about. So if you get your pen and paper again. And again, these are, these are areas that I will work with clients on constantly. But you've got to be specific. So ask yourself, what is my current, specifically, what is my current worry? And how much time am I spending on it on a daily basis? Have a think how you feel about it. And then have a, have a look at your time scales. Some people do it by days. Some people do it by weeks. Some people do it by months. So you can have one week, two weeks, three weeks, and then reflect back. Is your diversity tactic working? Or you can have one month, six months, nine months, if it's minor. So the times that you worry are so important that you're in control of the time. And what you actually do in that time, rather than just sitting worrying. So what you'll end up doing is creating your own little worksheets, your own diaries. Again, your own verbal notes if you've got a recorder. So there's so many ways now technology can help you. But basically, it's over, over a period of time, you should be looking at what are, what are the topics, what are the main topics. And to control this, what techniques have I used over a time period... To actually either challenge it or deflect around it. And how has it affected me? Usually, clients will give themselves a number or a grade that they can understand. So it could be 0 to 5 and watch that figure go down. It could be 0 to 10 and you might start off at 7 or 8. And then you're watching it go down. So the reviewing process is so important when you look at what the topics are, the techniques that you're using to control it and that you've identified the right technique and then how effective is it for you. 
just in conclusion, what you might want to look at are some of the techniques. They will work over a period of time, but then be, they become ineffective. So you might want to look at changing your techniques from if it's a physical activity, from walking and jogging to actually doing something different. If it starts off and reading helps, it's fine. But by controlling it and writing it down, you'll notice that it mightn't work all the time. And by changing something, it can, it can again, diminish your score. So taking control of it is important around you identifying the topic, what the time is and how much you're spending on that. And then you need a bit of a slide rule and a, and a guide as regards whatever you're doing. Is it working? So just to sum up this, uh, this area of podcast, the four main areas that we've discussed are guidelines. Guidelines that we would use in the community with clients who would say, I'm really worried about this. I'm really worried about that. And we would, through questioning, start exploring the root causes and also how much time and how severe it's taking up in a client's life. There's no quick fix when you look at taking control. But equally, the people that you have around you will be so important. Seek out a mentor. I hope this podcast has helped you. And I do think that the four areas, you could be revisiting them on quite a few occasions, again, depending on your personal circumstances. Thank you for listening.